Hey, if you enjoyed my episode on IEPs and you want to listen to more podcast episodes about IEPs, I want to tell you about another podcast you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ertube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. You might have heard me talk about IEPs on my episode, and this latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I checked out these episodes, and I think that they are a great place for you to go after listening to mine. They go into a little more detail and answer a little more in depth about what an IEP is and whether your child needs one. So listen to Understood Explains by searching for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Hello, you sentient balls of stardust. Welcome to Struggle Care, the podcast by me, Casey Davis, a therapist and host who kind of hates the term self-care. Today, I want to talk about what happens when two online content creators and one being a therapist, one being a therapist student, get into a bit of an online clash. And what is it like for us to actually see the people beyond the screen? I'm talking today with Kate Leggett, who is a therapy student who runs the account Restoring Relationships. She and I had an interesting conversation via TikTok where we really disagreed about something and we kind of came out swinging. And then Kate did something interesting. She reached out to me and asked me if I would talk with her. What follows here is a little teaser about what we sat down and talked about and what it was like for us to sit down as two mental health professionals and unpack the conflict that happened. I hope you enjoy. Kate, you and I sort of came across each other via TikTok and really mm-hmm. got like became aware of each other through a video exchange. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because first of all, I find online, the online space so interesting. I was actually doing a recording recently with a woman named Yolanda who I've kind of become friends with, but we had done like alive together. We had talked together. We had planned to do a podcast together. And I had done a TikTok where I was referencing like sleep training. Mm. And she Mm -hmm. had commented and said like, cry it out is trauma. And what's interesting to me is that like, there were a lot of people commenting on it and how like I get defensive and I want to push back. And I think, and it comes across as a comment on my parenting. But what was interesting to me is that because I know Yolanda, She said something that tons of other people were saying, and yet I held it differently because she Mm. and I have a relationship. Right, right. Like, I didn't immediately hold it as she's talking about me. I held it as this is a strong opinion that belongs to her. Right, right. Which was super interesting to me how different that is when there's a pre-existing relationship. That's right. And I think that brings up an interesting point how online, you know, relationships, I guess, or interactions are so transactional and they can feel so personal. But then when you know someone, there's like, it's like a different energy. It's hard to describe. I'm still figuring out how to put it into words, but I love that. that but that's been my able, experience yeah. a couple of times. Like somebody will say something and I'll just have more space to hold that, even if it seems like they're criticizing me but I know them. And so I have a completely different context. And I thought it was interesting in comparison because you and I 
honestly kind of met the opposite way. Like our first interaction was just like a couple of shots across the bow. It was a conflicting opinion. Yeah. And so I wanted to play those TikToks for us. Yeah. So this was the TikTok that I posted first. And so I'm going to play it so we can hear it. Okay. I have a life rule that I judge everyone by, and I think you should too. And it's that a person is only as good as how they treat you when they are angry with you. So that was the one that I posted. And pretty quickly, you had a stitch to it. So I'm going to play your stitch. So this video right here is exemplary of the concept I call cutoff culture. It's the same thing as cancel culture, just in the smaller systems of relationships. The problem with it is that it doesn't solve the problem. It reinforces the problem. In the mental health field, there's literally the term cutoff, which is cutting somebody off so you don't have to feel those hard emotions. You see it a lot in families where there's geographical cutoff, where someone will move across the country to get away from their family. But when they come back and they're around their family, they're just as reactive as if they never left. Y'all, it wasn't 100 years ago that three-year-olds were cleaning chimneys. Like, we are still catching up emotionally with what is healthy in relationships. And I see this in my office all the time. Sometimes cutting someone off isn't the answer, but learning how to deal with it is. Okay. So. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Let me start with this. What, like, thoughts were going through your head? What emotions were going through your body when you viewed my TikTok? Be very honest, because I'm going to be honest, too. Okay. All right. Well, the first thing I think that struck me was you used the word judge. And my context is relationships. So it kind of annoyed me. I thought it was a generalization, which is funny. You know, it's ironic. We all, you know, I thought it was a generalization and I thought it was pretty antithetical. So these are my thoughts that it was pretty antithetical to my own message a lot of the time because I talk so much about women and anger. And it's such an internalized thing that we don't even know we're aware of it. And so part of my whole like theory on restoring yourself in a relationship is restoring your anger at the gaslighting, at the, you know, injustices that are upon you. So when I saw that and put it in my own context of my platform and my audience, it annoyed me and I didn't think it fit. And I guess in, you know, (laughs) giving myself the benefit of the doubt, I think it deserves some clarification and like expansion into different contexts. Okay. Follow-up question. What do you feel right now sitting here and saying it to me? Oh, gee. Well, I mean, I think watching it and hearing it is hard because now that I've interacted with you a couple times and there's, we don't have the most developed relationship, but I would say, you know, I'm more fond of you now because of interacting with you than I, you know, that's normal. I'm nervous. I'm very, I wouldn't say confrontational, but comfortable with conflict and disagreement in relationship. And so because that's backwards for us, my heart is pounding a little bit. Thank you for being honest about that. I think that's a cool thing because I feel similarly in that, like, I actually can hold conflict pretty well. Yeah. 
right? Like I can deal with the beating heart. I can deal with the like sort of holding that truth, but it's still not like a walk in the park. Like, right. I have a a good friend. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I'm, I'm like trying to take deep breaths and not make it audible in the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So my therapist supervisor, when I did my supervisory hours, she had this saying that is kind of coming to mind right now where she talked about, like, basically she talked about differentiation, which if you're listening, you don't know what that means. Think of differentiation for, we're just going to use some pop psychology terms because I think that's easiest. Differentiation would be like the opposite of codependency. Yeah. Right. So like understanding, you know, that I'm a different person and things like that. And she used to talk about how like the most important skill you could have in a relationship was to be able to hold on to yourself in the face of someone else's emotions. Mm-hmm. Are you frustrated by buying your kids clothes and having them grow out of them within a week? Do they itch, pinch, and they just aren't comfortable? Well, then you need to check out Posh Peanut. Made from this amazing bamboo material, the clothes are legitimately so soft and they stretch with your kids as they grow. They are four times stretchier than cotton. Made to last, loved by parents, and approved by kids. Posh Peanut makes thoughtfully crafted, beautiful and stylish clothing for kids and families designed in-house from beautiful florals to all of your favorite brands, such as Hot Wheels, Disney, Hello Kitty, and Barbie. Their pieces are made with that ridiculously soft fabric, and it even stays soft, wash after wash after wash. Right now, Posh Peanut is offering our listeners 20% off your first order with promo code STRUGGLE. Go to poshpeanut.com slash struggle and use promo code struggle for 20% off your first order. That's poshpeanut.com slash struggle, promo code struggle. I've never met a free trial that I didn't like. The problem is, is that I often forget to get out of them before they start charging me. But I don't have that problem since I started using Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month, and I can clearly see my spending habits. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for you, up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll even deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of 500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash struggle. That's rocketmoney.com slash struggle, rocketmoney.com slash struggle. And so I practiced that skill. And I feel like that's what really what you're talking about, which is like, okay, we're going to talk about something that is not necessarily like congruent between the two of us. Like there's some disagreement, there's some feelings, there's some, and there's a lot of vulnerability because, I know. so let me, let me tell you kind of what my experience was. So the first time I saw your TikTok, the first thing I felt was anger. <laughs> and, yeah. and part of it was, I think like, that wasn't necessarily the context I was speaking of. So I sort of felt like it was being misrepresented. But honestly, a big part of it was like, because I consider myself an expert, right? I had this moment of like, 
who is this person to like tell me that I'm wrong about this thing that I'm an expert in? And listen, that is super shitty. And I'm not proud that that was something that I thought, but it was like, that was like the humanness that came out. Right. I Um, love it. I mean, you're saying it now too. I think that's another layer to this for me is that I remember being like, here we go. Like I'm posting this. She's this expert like she's licensed she has a tedx oh i don't know if you did that at that point but you have a million followers and i'm just a student and even i feel like that right now it's like surreal to even be (laughs) discussing this with you on your podcast and mine that's coming out too you know it's just Mm -hmm. it's wild so i don't know if i would say it's a power dynamic but it's definitely like i totally respect your authority on these things for sure and you know again i'm i'm really grateful but also very anxious <laughs> to keep going and even i remember i made a comment on yours mm-hmm. where i said this is not applicable period my tiktok was about justifying toxic and abusive behavior when someone is angry because quote they treat me so well when things are good end quote and i remember writing that and being like like obviously i didn't want to be mean but i did i definitely wanted to be i didn't want to be dismissive but that was like the feeling that i had right i felt that yes so well (laughs) felt that and you know you and i are are going to spend a lot of time getting into those experiences. So I don't want to do too much like reconciliation right now. That's no fun. Because that's what the next two episodes of our podcast are about Mm -hmm. is us sitting down and talking about how did you feel and how did I feel? And I think what's so interesting is, and you can tell me what your experience was because we've actually already recorded those. Yeah. Yeah. But I think what was the most interesting for me in that process was how when we were sitting in front of each other and we had talked about like who we were and where we were coming from and the things that we cared about and we were re-expressing really the same message right like i stand by what i meant in that TikTok, and i know that you stand by what you meant in your response but what was so interesting to me was how differently we communicated it to each other when there was like in the forefront of our mind was like another person with whom we are in relationship with. Right. Did you feel that too? I did. And I think for me, it was just the space, you know, like the conversation and not so much the exchange because yeah, I mean, because after that comment too, I doubled down and made another video. And so I just like my experience recording that episode was It was so cathartic. I don't know if that was the word, but just so, I don't know. It was just so nice, the space to figure it out and not have to fit it into however many characters on a comment or in a message where tone is, can be misread. And there are so many factors of like nonverbal communication that are just easy to miss. Mm -hmm. So even talking now, it's like, this is what it should be to me is this like holding the space, but actually having the space. It goes a lot, I think, to say about what the social media space is and what it means. And I think we're still in our infancy of figuring out what it means to relate to other people in a social media space, because Mm -hmm. I have had people sort of come out shots blaring to disagree with me 
and they did not like me and they were antagonistic against me and they were committed to remaining so. And I think what can happen is that you have that experience and then you start to like see every experience like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? And then once you go in with your one little like defensive, you know, response and it's like, no, well now I'm committed. (laughs) Yeah. I'm committed. (laughs) Right. So what we did is that we sat down and we recorded a big long episode where we talked in depth about this and our thoughts and feelings about it and what we would have done differently had we kind of been able to have that conversation first. And I mm-hmm. think it was a really, really cool thing to do. And so we are going to, now I'm talking to the audience, obviously, you know this because we already talked about this, but we're going to split that episode into two different podcast episodes. Mm-hmm. The first episode is going to release on Kate's platform. Mm-hmm. So do you want to plug kind of the name and when that will release? Yeah. So my account is Restoring Relationships. And I actually, I don't know if you know this, but I changed the name since I saw you. Now it's going to be kind of more, (laughs) you know, as these things happen. I have a six-year-old that's really into learning, learning books, learning apps, learning shows, but I'm really grateful to have found a learning podcast for her. From the creators of the hit kid podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild, comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited to a secret order of problem solvers. On an adventure through time, packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. My kid really appreciates these. They're only 15 minutes long, and she can stay engaged She likes the characters. It's perfect for ages six and up. New episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kids won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Remember in 2018 when Border Patrol separated thousands of refugee kids from their parents, deported those parents back to their home countries, while keeping the kids in the United States? Well, believe it or not, six years later, there are hundreds of families who have still not been reunited. Although we as a community may feel hopeless at times, I recently learned about an organization called El Otro Lado, which works to reunify families. They provide holistic legal and humanitarian support to refugees, deportees, and other migrants in the U.S. and Tijuana through a multidisciplinary, client-centered, harm-reduction-based practice. Since 2018, they've reunified over 100 refugee families ripped apart by Trump's zero-tolerance policy. Once reunited, Al Otro Lado helps each family find legal representation, housing, and the counseling that they need in order to heal and get on their feet. You can find the link to donate to El Otro Lado in the description of this episode or go to gum.fm slash charity and donate today. You can also consider volunteering with the organization, which offers opportunities that are both in-person and virtual. The best way to get involved is by filling out an application on their website, alotrolado.org slash volunteer. That's A-L-O-T-R-O-L-A-D-O. My podcast is Restoring Relationships, and it's basically just conversations between me and other people whose background is in mental health, where the audience is just kind of getting a fly on the wall perspective. And yeah, part one of this episode is out now. Nice. And can they subscribe on all major platforms or you want a specific platform? They can subscribe on YouTube and Spotify right now. Okay, excellent. 
Okay, part one of our conversation is up on restoring relationships right now. And then next week, so next Monday, tune in and part two of that conversation will be up here at the Struggle Care podcast. And I'm excited for you guys to hear it. I think it's super, it really is like a fly on the wall perspective of two people talking and just holding on to themselves in the face of this new relationship. And I'm excited for you guys to see it. Um, I did want to leave people with a little like nugget of information or like expertise today. And so I wanted to ask you about a phrase that gets used a lot. And I'm curious your perspective from a restoring relationship perspective. So the phrase is, you teach people how to treat you. Thoughts. <laughs> Do you like it? Do you not like it? No, what do you I don't feel like when it. You hear that? <laughs> you don't like it. it. I hate it. No, I would love to kind of process this with you. I don't know if I have a complete thought on it right now, but my initial thought is I hate it because I feel like it puts the responsibility of other people's behavior on yourself. And mm. my context, my platform is about pushing, you know, taking that off. Letting people, you know, the boundaries. Yeah. I kind of like when I hear it, I think there are some ways in which I think what it's trying to say is true. And there are some ways in which what it's actually saying is totally not true. That's like my initial thought. And I think I would agree with you that like that phrase, I think, gets used to blame primarily women. Yeah for being in a relationship where the other person is not treating them with respect. Like somehow it's the woman's fault. In that way, it's a very stupid phrase. I totally agree. And I think that the people that hear that phrase and internalize it, whoever it's targeted to are women. And I think what that also reinforces is it's kind of like behaviorism, you know, where it's transactional between two people and it's like you teach people how to treat you like you teach a dog how to respond to reward and reinforcement. Yeah, and it is really dehumanizing. <laughs> like I you shouldn't it. treat your partners or your kids like they're dogs. Like you don't train them. Yeah, I actually really and, agree with you on that. And you're not someone's teacher. Like, you know, mm, perhaps I, the more important like you're not supposed to educate, you know, there's, ugh, that's so much energy. And I think there's, it needs to be, maybe the sentence itself is incomplete. You teach people how to treat you and they need to want to learn. Or maybe it's better to like, you teach people how you expect to be treated, right? Like I can communicate my expectations to you. I can communicate my limits to you, my boundaries about the kinds of things I will and won't like tolerate in a relationship, but I'm not actually teaching you how to behave. I still think that's an individual, individualistic phrase. I think, well, if the context is in relationship, you know, it's not a neighbor down the street yeah. and it's someone you're in a relationship, friendship, romantic, coworker, you know, like where you're in it. I think the missing piece sometimes is you can teach someone all day long and expect them to change all day long. But if they're not in that process with you kind of consensually, they're not gonna, and, and they don't wanna learn and that's no matter what you my, do. 
Yeah, that's honestly my issue with most like boundary talk is that when people talk about boundaries, they're usually talking about it from the perspective of like, if I could have the right boundaries, I could make this person change their behavior as opposed to talking about boundaries as only belonging to me and my sort of internal understanding of where I end and where you begin. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. That's why I still hate it. I still hate the phrase. (laughs) So let me ask you this. Is there any sense in which that phrase is saying something true? And if so, what? So, okay. Well, I think it's in the word teach because we think of teach as like a teacher explaining things in simple terms and, you know, like to kindergartners where you're using your words and You know, but I think maybe expanding the kind of definition of that word would make it more true. Like you teach people by how you behave, by how you treat other people, you know, if how, you know, the look on your face, if they say something mean to you and you get meaner, you know, as opposed to being sad or angry and looking like that, I think that's a feedback loop. You know, that's another way of communicating. So I think there's truth in that. But again, I think, yeah. Did you learn about the vulnerability cycle in school? Maybe. So the vulnerability cycle is this really interesting, it's basically talking about feedback loops where it says Mm -hmm. every person has this, like, let's say there's a curtain and in front of the curtain is the behavior that you see. And behind the curtain are the like emotions and beliefs that I have that you don't see. And so let's say that behind my curtain is like, I'm afraid to be abandoned. And so that comes out in my behavior as being really, really clingy. And then you see that behavior, but behind your curtain, you have sort of these beliefs or these issues or these traumas of, you know, I can never do anything good enough. Mm -hmm. And so you interpret my clinginess as... Like, I'm never enough for you. You're always wanting more from me. And the behavior that you enact to do that is that you push away because you don't want any more criticism. You don't want any more smothering. And then, of course, I take that to sort of validate my own behind the scenes thing if I'm being abandoned. So I'm going to cling harder. And the harder I cling, the more you pull because you. And so it's that same concept of like, there are these feedback loops where we could, and I think that to me is, is if there's a kernel of truth in that, it's about like our own agency or autonomy. And, but I think it goes hand in hand with what we were saying, which is that stop trying to control another person's behavior. And let's look at the things we actually can control because maybe there are some behaviors or beliefs or ways you're going about interacting with the world that aren't necessarily that maybe are like setting up situations that aren't helpful to you or might be just like not aligned with the goals that you want for yourself. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I do. I like that. And I think there's a freedom in learning what's in your control and what's not. And I think maybe what I'm hearing you say is instead of making assumptions about the reasons behind someone's behavior, just address the behavior and how it makes you feel. That's a boundaried way to deal with it, I think. Is that kind of what you're saying? And then maybe like, choosing like a different said, response. Like, if I go around because every time I'm afraid, I get really angry and then people don't want to be around me and then I'm going, mm. nobody likes me. And it's like, 
I get to look at some stuff and go, oh, maybe I'm like doing some behaviors that make people not want to be around me. But I think that that's a wholly different like process than this idea. And I love what you said when you said the issue is the word teach. Like it's not your job to teach someone the value of respect, (laughs) dignity. (laughs) Like I'm not their mom. That's right. Right. Okay. Well, I could really talk about this with you forever, but I don't want to drag it out too long. So I want to say thank you, first of all, for reaching out and even wanting to connect. And it's been it's been a really cool process. And if you're listening, hop off right now, go over to Restoring Relationships and fire up that first half of our conversation about our TikTok is it could we call it drama? I don't know I that it love really it. became drama. I love drama. But... I mean <laughs> I love drama and I think it's totally counts as drama. It's I mean, in the most it's respectful drama. But yeah. Still, totally. But with an audience of two. Like we were the only two people that were looking at the drama. But um, now we're inviting you all to it. And then tune back in next week when I'm gonna drop part two of that conversation. So Kate, thank you very much for coming on and for thank you, Casey. This is so fun. I love it. Thank you for the, you know, for gracing me with your expertise. <laughs> yes. And thank you for your perspective and for just being like being willing to show up and have the conversation. Absolutely. Anytime. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.